I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is that many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tightknit Brewing. They turn to Chase for business, for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards, and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Pushkin. This is not lost. Um, California so far. How's everybody feeling? I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Feel great. Feel great that it's not New York. That's my friend, the audio producer John Delore. It's just a like it is an incredible joy to just be out of the city. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Hey, Tony. How's Brooklyn's most popular dry cleaner doing? The, mo- the most. You. You're always doing something. The most famous guy in Greenpoint. Closing, I'm closing it. Closing I'm not deal. closing no deals. No deals today. The mayor. I'm, f- I'm happy to have a presence with you. Listen, I, I'm, I'm glad that I see you almost every day. <laughs> you are truly a fixture in this neighborhood. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. Come on. You're like the original. <laughs> You're like well, the, the original. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go any further. <laughs> so what are you up to today? I you're looking go. sharp. You're looking sharp. Thank Look at you. that. So I'm going to the office, but I'm going to drop are. these off. All right, you got a couple of shirts. Well, I'm just going to put them on break. the rack outside. I'm sure I can get a lot of money for them. I'm going to say, like this, this is Brendan's shirt. <laughs> How you doing? I have a feeling we're going to have 90 degrees for... It's not what you want? So what? It's not 100 degrees for like three months. Yeah, yeah, never know. <laughs> I hope not. Have a good one. Take care. It's so hot today. What are we doing here? Why, why are we in New York City? Where would you rather be? Like, I, I understand yeah. what you're trying to But where would you rather be? Well, that's the problem. When I really think about it, I don't know the answer, and it seems like New York is a good place to not have the answer. 
Yeah, but I mean, where else can you have this? You're you're pointing towards a there's a bag of trash uh, out front and uh, beautiful. It's part of the scenery. Welcome to New York. Look, there's a dog that wants to stop in. Do you tell me where could you be and you can have this kind of interaction with people? Nowhere. No, it's fair. It, it, we're both social people, and this city is a gift that keeps giving. Come on. You, I mean, you walk down the street, you say hello to this one, to that one, you talk to this one. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be where? But the thing about New York, though, it's like it, it does like beat you down, man. It's like it's not an easy place to live. You got Tell me what's easy. I mean, you can live upstate, and you're going to come out in the morning and complain about what? Snow, bears. Exactly. <laughs> the birds. Yeah. And you grew up in the city, right? Yes. Yes, I did. I was born in Lebanon. Oh, I didn't. Re- okay, you were born in Beirut, or uh, out? I was born outside of Beirut. Is that when your parents came here? They came in '82, right after the, the embassy embassy bombing, and I went to Canarsie High School. And you turned out okay. Oh my! I, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Um, I'm thinking of a dress for my girlfriend: pink and black dress. Thank you. Thank you. So you've seen me now for years. We've known each other for a long time. How? Have I changed, if at all, in your eyes in the past, like, four or five years? Grumpier. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I still love you, but but you're a different grumpy. You're, like, a cool grumpy. Okay, thank you. You have the annoying grumpy, like, you want to, like, get away from them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's the cool grumpy. All right. So, Tony, I have to travel one more place. So, what's your show about? I go places with a friend, and I try to get invited to a dinner party. So I've done it, Montreal, Mexico City, Bozeman, Montana, Big Sur, I've done this. And I have one more episode to make. And you, I mean, you could have came up and had dinner with us. Well, I mean, I could. Three this weekend, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I got to make this show, man. I gotta, this is what I'm spending my afternoon doing. I gotta, I'm going to the office after this to kind of... Seriously, I mean, what, 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 you want to come up like Sunday night? That's tempting, but I seriously have to figure out this episode first. Oh, okay. But um, speaking of which, I got to go. So, Tony, I'll see you later, man. Thank you. Well, uh, enjoy your beautiful day. And again, you're looking sharp. Thank you. Thanks, man. I'm glad that, you know, you helped me stay this way. Oh, look at this. Another beautiful day. Hey, Emma. Emma. Hi. What are you doing? I'm coming out of the library. Right. Do you only get one book at a time? Yeah, because I never want to have a fine, ever. That's probably wise. So where's your mom? My favorite former college classmate. Uh, she left me here. But I guess you're old enough now. How old are you? I'm 12. See, I thought I was young in New York when I moved here in my 20s, but you're, like, really young in New York. Wait, where are you going? I'm actually going to the office. It's a Saturday, though. I know, but remember I told you about that travel podcast I was working on? Uh Uh-huh. I have to make one more episode, and I have no idea where I'm going. Oh, all right. Where where do you think I should go? Um, maybe I saw it in some TV show. Reno. (laughs) Reno? Yeah. Yeah, I did Las Vegas already, so I think Uh I'm going to skip Reno. But um, are you walking this way? I'm going up to the L. Yeah. All right, let's do it. This neighborhood, when I first moved here, was nothing. This was like auto repair only. My mom talks about it being like Williamsburg. Like when she was younger, it was like, oh. But now Williamsburg is like... Chic. Yeah, it's like vegan, (laughs) gluten-free, food-free restaurants. So what do you think about Williamsburg? Do you like living here? Yeah, I want to live in New York for my whole life. My mom tells me that I'm too young to decide that, but... I like the fact that 
being a New Yorker is like being in a club. So what are the membership benefits of being part of that club? There's a lot of like arts and performing arts stuff in New York. I mean, Broadway. But like, it's just all these different things that are like New Yorker experiences. And also like pizza and bagels. I mean, pizza isn't specific to New York, but the best pizza is in New York. Now you're making me hungry. Should we go to Joe's to get a slice of pizza? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Feels so far away though. It's not. I have to get there every single day, so. It's getting a little hectic up here. Uh, it appears to be an outdoor sports bar. <laughs> so, what happens when it rains? Exactly. It is also a thing. I wonder if having so many, so much partying is bad for kids like you. No, because to be living in New York, you have to be good at ignoring things. Because we're all so tightly packed together, right? You got to just keep it cool. Yeah, you just have to kind of not <laughs> engage. Let me also just point out, sorry to interrupt, but I'm six foot three. And I've just been walking like full pace, not even calibrating. And you are just right <laughs> along my side. I also walk really fast to get to school. But I think that's also some New York stuff. Everyone's just trucking. Like we don't have time for that. Also, you've gotten taller, which helps with the fast walking. You've like shot up like stalks of corn. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the boys in my class haven't gotten to that yet. So I think I'm taller than all of them. Um, exactly. Yeah, the boys will catch up, but their brains won't. They'll always be behind you. They think they're so funny too. They think that they just, they got the whole crowd laughing with their jokes, but they really didn't. And like, they're not funny. You can't, <laughs> you can't get, like, knock on their head. There's nothing in there. No brain. Yeah. I mean, I can't talk, you know? I have this show where I'm just being a boy who thinks he's funny sometimes. All right, pizza. Wow, pizza place is packed. Oh my God. What's your pizza move? Just plain. All right, Pepperoni let's... if it's at a party. Let's get two plain slices. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Have a good day. It just came out of the oven. It's very hot. I'm very passionate about this. Every time we get into talking about the correct way to eat pizza, which is to fold the pizza, people argue about it, and that's why not fold your pizza? It is better, and everyone should do it. Why do you think it's better? It's better for walking, traveling. And it's also, I think it's like you get a better mouthfeel. You get more, more per bite. It's like a pizza sandwich. We can walk a little bit, and then I'll go into the subway. Look how crazy Bedford is, though. It wasn't this busy when you were, the, when you were young. Bedford, I feel like... New York City has so many different people. That's one of the things I love most about it. What do you mean? Like, there are such huge communities, and you can be whoever you want to be in New York City, and there will be a community of people that, like, relate to you and are the same, like, and feel the same way as you about something. And that's, like, pretty much a guarantee living in New York City, because there are just so many individuals that there's bound to be a person who likes the same thing as you. Yeah, and I agree with that. It makes me feel less alone. Even if I don't know all those people, you're right. I always feel like I'll figure it out here. 
All right, this is, I gotta hop into the L. Uh, it was nice chatting with you. You too. See you later. Bye. It's showtime, ladies and gentlemen. Gather around, it's about to begin. Showtime, showtime. Do, is this called showtime, what you're doing, or is this dancing? It's actually, uh, we call it hitting. It's called hitting. What, what, why is it called hitting? Technically, it's street performing, but we call it hitting because it's like, it's a hit. It's a lot of impact when we, when we come down here and do this. Yeah. It's a big impact on New York City. Hit. How did you get into it? It's such a it's such intense activity. Yeah, I got into it because when I was in high school, I met a friend freshman year, and he was a dancer because his um his father did it, and he invited me downtown because he seen I was a good dancer, and I took it from there. And that was like what over 15 years ago. What's the craziest thing that's happened to you while you've been doing this? The craziest thing that happened to me was um one guy gave me eight hundred dollars, yeah, in one in one setting. Just like because he just so blown away. He was blown away. And we split it amongst the team. A lot of people on the train, they get annoyed and aggravated in general. So when they come in here, loud music on the train, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Dude, I have to admit, I, I, I've been that guy, because I, go, I'm going to work, I had a long night, you get into an argument, you get on the train, they turn on the, and you're like, oh no, I'm on the longest link of the train. Yeah, and it, and it makes sense. It's such a small area. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, sometimes you're flipping and you're like so close to them, they'll get nervous, they don't want to get hit. But what's amazing is that most times, I've, been, I've seen Showtime on the train like, a hundred times. Yeah. No one's ever been hit. Yeah. Um, my friend had. Um, he did a front flip and he landed on a lady's lap. Like he sat on her lap like if she was, like if she was Santa, and she was like, oh, but she wasn't upset. She was like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. You know. How many do you? How many people? How many Showtime people do you think there is? It's a lot. It's a shoot. A lot of crews. Central Park, Times Square, 34th Street, Union Square, all over New York. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for talking to me. Of course, man. No problem. You guys are great. Thank you. Look, I will be walking. Come on in, Come on in. How are you? I'm all right, man. Working on a Saturday. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Hey, Amy. What is two up from the top? Hey. My name is Malcolm Gladwell. Welcome to my podcast about things is he recording right now? Yeah. misunderstood. Wait, did I just hear someone come in here? Brendan's here. Brendan? Yeah. What's he doing here on a Saturday? Can we talk about his travel show for a second? We're sending him all over the country to find himself. It's bananas. Uh, Malcolm. Well, at least it's not a true crime show. Hey, Brendan can hear you. Oh, um. Hey, Malcolm. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I haven't actually listened to your show yet. <laughs> I think that makes me feel better. Uh, I guess it's good to see people here on a Saturday. You know, when I worked in L.A., I would work all these Saturdays. I never ran into anyone. What, what does it say about New York that I come into the office and there's a bunch of you here today? Well, this, this actually gets into one of my larger theories about New York, which is New York life is exterior. L.A. life is interior. Right. So the... The implicit bargain you make in moving to New York 
is that you are, you're buying the exterior, not the interior. So of course New Yorkers are in the office on Saturday because the existence of the office is a reason to go there, right? It's a, I, that's, a, that's a good reason to get out of my tiny apartment, which, by the way, is the great paradox. It's another one of my theories. <laughs> this is the great paradox. So the New York City turnaround in the mid-90s coincides with three television sitcoms which celebrate the life of young people living in New York, right? Famous, everyone's out. Seinfeld, Friends, Will and Grace, right? Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. All in. Now, all of those sell a vision of New York that's tremendously appealing to people around the country, and they're part of the revi- this extraordinary revival that New York, New York comes back from the dead in the 90s, in part propelled, I think, by the power of this fantasy. The fantasy is completely wrong. Why is the fantasy wrong? because the people in those shows never leave their apartment. Now, they'll never leave their apartment for TV reasons, because that's the set. Yeah. But it's like two-camera sitcom. It's an L.A. vision of a New York life, right? There's, those shows are... They were all made in L.A. Oh, they all made in L.A. Yeah. Of course. So they, they construct these fabulous New York City apartments that people never leave, which is 100% wrong, right? It's the great irony of New York's revival, is it was propelled by a... Uh, a completely false picture of what living in New York meant. Yeah. Um, all right. So I still have to pick another place in America, North America. Do you have any suggestions for me? I should maybe think about going to. Well, I mean, my favorites are all the kind of like, you know, Nashville. I do love. I have a. I have a great and overpowering love of Atlanta. I'm going there this week. I'm just full of excitement about my trip to Atlanta. Um, and I just... Malcolm, I uh, need you back in the booth. Sounds like you got to go. Anyway. All right, Malcolm, thanks for the chat. Thank you. See you later, Amy. I, I still have no idea what his show is about. Malcolm. Wait, he's not still here, is he? Later, Malcolm. Oh, Jesus. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handled them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. 
If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The subway is down, there are no trains at this station. If you need to get uptown, you're going to take the buses over there. The subway's closed again? Yep. Wait, those buses over there? Yes, the buses right over there. You're going to cross the street and take those buses. You need those to get uptown. Those are like uptown. tour buses. That's, that's what they are. They are tour buses, but they're on a different route. They're going to take you uptown. Jesus. Okay, subway's closed. Sadie. Hey. What? Oh my God, hi. So good to see you. Of course I would find Sadie Stein, woman about town, here in Union Square on a Saturday. Excuse my absorption. You were just deep in your phone. Yes, I What are was. you doing? Are you... I was, as usual, trying to figure out the transportation situation in this city. I know. And they're pointing us to uh, take these buses. You think this is a better idea at this hour than walking? Because I was, I... this was a calculus. I was actually mid But you know what? It's an opportunity for us to be on the top of a tour bus, so maybe we should just go for it. All right, what else am I doing? Maybe maybe we'll take this up to Grand Central and uh, sort it out from there. Actually, that's perfect, because I have to be on the 6th after. Okay, great. (laughs) I'm just peeking to see if we can get upstairs if anyone's leaving, but I don't think anyone is leaving. Oh, let's try it. Let's go. Can I grab these two right here? Oh, yeah, let's do those. Always thought this was probably the best way to see the city. I've done it in London, but never done it in uh, New York. What are like three Sadie spots you tell people to check out to get a full, the flavor of your New York? I, all right. Uh, I guess I'd say Whispering Gallery at Grand Central. This is where people can um, stand at opposite sides of this arch, and the person will hear it on the other side. Walk over the Brooklyn Bridge. Classic. Um. And then maybe the, um, the picture gallery at the New York Historical Society. And look oh, at the dancing, I... the dancing bears. Where is the New York Historical Society? It's on the west side. It's on West End. I mean, how do you feel? About... I've now been here on and off for a couple decades, and I'm finally coming to terms that this is my home. And I get grumpy that I have to share it all the time. What is your take on sharing the town with visitors. That's what I like about it. But, but you know how perverse I am. I like I like Times Square. I love tourists. I love talking to them, giving them directions. I'm so proud of the city and showing it off. And it interests me. What is the city they're seeing? It's so different from anything we've ever known. I mean, I haven't been to the Statue of Liberty since I went on a sixth grade school trip. 
I have never been to the top of the Empire State Building because there's never the day when you want to stand in line for two hours. Yeah. So you can learn from the tourists about your own town, perversely. Absolutely, it's it, the city contains so many cities within it. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I like. Yeah. I mean, this is why I could never imagine doing an episode about New York because, yeah, you could just do the West Village. Could be uh, an eight-part <laughs> season, that one neighborhood alone. And you, it's sort of the the whole thing about being here, isn't it? Is you have an abundance of everything, and you always know what you don't know. And I like that. I find it comforting. I find that comforting, too. Yeah. 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 All right, so we're here by the library. Here we are by the um, Stephen Schwartzman Main Branch Library. Do you ever work here? I, I actually have in that beautiful, beautiful room up there. I forget the name of it right now. In the Rose Reading Room? Yeah, the Rose Reading Room. You know, for a while, uh, people were coming in so regularly to look at the ceiling. I felt like it was inhibiting the behavior of some of the cranks there. Tell me more. Well, like you used to go in there be a, a, someone clipping their toenails across the table from you and working on their life's memoirs simultaneously. You so when you were younger, did you come here? Yeah, yeah, but it, but it also didn't have as the exhibits in the gift shop and things like that weren't as curated and you couldn't get a bite to eat. So a lot of the changes are terrific, but it's certainly more of a tourist attraction. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're, we're here. We can hop out. All right. Why don't we grab some lunch at the Oyster Bar? Okay. You know, when I first moved back here, I worked nearby. I would take the train to Grand Central and still in love with it. It still does all the things for me. I feel like... I don't know, there's just such a romance to it. I love Grand Central. Let's peek, can we peek shortcut? at the ceiling and then we can go down to the... But shall we do the shortcut to the... Oh, yeah, great idea. But um, rush hour coming through here, such great energy. So I just read recently that 600,000 people, is that impossible, pass through here on a given day? Which is the population of San Francisco. And rarely does anyone run into each other. <laughs> Everyone can just kind of do this, the urban ballet. That's true. If you, if you, and if you want to even meet up with someone, you, we always used to meet by the clock. Yeah. For cell phones. Are we open yet? Oh, I'm sure they are. Eureka. So we're going in the side door to the Oyster Saloon. This place is so great. Do you want to do the bar or the middle here? How about we do down here on the right? I love this. Across from us, there's a guy in a suit, a dapper suit, having a salad and a beer. Can I just get a caviar sandwich, please? Okay. Tell me about that. You'll, How you'll see. It's not only uh, pretty affordable. Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking. But um, delicious, unique, and kind of luxurious. And I will get um, the crab cake sandwich and an iced tea. Thank you. Oyster Bar is one of the spaces in New York which has these these vaulted ceilings with Gustavino tiling, so the acoustics are kind of special. You can also always hear the bustle of them making the pan roasts and the oyster stew. And um, No, this place I find very comforting. It's another one of those places in New York where I'm just happy to know it's here. Even if I don't go to it for like a couple months, you just know in the back of your mind 
the lighting's here, the vibe's here, the guys are here. I like the places you can take for granted. That's so much what I, what I prize. Your caviar sandwich, I thought, was going to have cream inside it, but it is just... Components of things that are good with caviar. Fantastic. Would you like to try some of my crab cake? I'm not going to touch it. But you can finish that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do both, but I will pack away. One of the risks of coming to the Grand Central Oyster Bar is that my dad is often here. He makes all his appointments here. And his order is multiple bowls of Manhattan clam cheddar. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think, do you think he has a, he, the reason he's here is the same as you? He has a fondness for these classic things? No, he loves um, Manhattan clam cheddar. <laughs> I've never met anyone who has a positive preference for it. I, it the, the existence of Manhattan clam cheddar does not offend me. Dad loves it. Any wisdom, pearls of wisdom from New York? Is there a writer you admire that really captured what your relationship is in New York. And I don't want to misquote it, but it's that Dorothy Parker quote, if you make it through the night in New York, you can live through anything or something. It's some great quote about depression. I'll find you the real one. And the essence of it is... Um, if you're depressed, nights in New York can be hard. But if you can make it, you feel that light in the window of the neighboring building. It's, it can be so lonely here, which is the attraction. Because you're just surrounded by everyone, but there's a wall. They still have all the barriers to entry. But it's just like what E.B. White said, right? For those who value such queer prizes, New York offers the gift of privacy. I'm going to be mindful of time. Okay, we're done here, I realize. We just paid, so we're good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So we are... So we're, we're at the Whispering Gallery in front of the Oyster Bar, which is... So how does this work again? I, mean, I don't... I can't explain the physics, yeah. but where the arch forms one of these acoustical oddities found throughout the world, including St. Paul's most famously, I believe. Yeah. And, and as you see, if we stand in opposite... Uh, diagonal corner... Which corners, is how far apart? That's like uh, 50... Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's try it. See if this works. Can you hear me? Oh my god, I can't, I can't hear you. Yeah, uh, okay, let me think of a good secret. Okay. Um, I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any right now. This is so cool. I can say just thank you for uh, coming to lunch with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Anytime. All right. I wish all my, I wish all my encounters ended with me just talking into a corner. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, some phone reception. Danielle, why is she... Hey, Brendan, it's Danielle. Um, I am unfortunately having a little problem at home. Um, I discovered a mouse in my kitchen, so now I'm sleeping outside, and I feel like I should probably figure out how to sleep inside again, since, you know, that's the thing I'm paying my mortgage on. Um, Good luck with everything. Really sorry I couldn't be there. Oh, shit. Hope you have a great time. (laughs) I totally forgot I invited people over for dinner tonight. I thought it was next Saturday. Ah, and the farmer's market was right near the office. All right, I gotta find a corner market, bodega, something. Oh shit, it's Allison Roman. Allison Roman? Yeah. Um, this is incredible. I am a fan of your books. Oh, thank you. That is always nice to hear. I, I used to host this show called The Dinner Party Download. Probably haven't heard of it. Oh, yeah. I actually do know about that, though. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that was my show. It's like, why am I not being asked to be on the show? But I didn't take it personally. It's fine. I mean, we, were, we, we thought you were a little fancy for us because you wrote for Bon Appetit. And besides, we were based in L.A. Yeah, because it's like... You can only record a podcast in the city that you record. I get it. It's like, you know. <laughs> all right. I still can't believe I ran into you. I assumed you moved to Berkeley, where all the food celebrities go. No, I'm in, I live in New York, baby. Greatest city in the world. 
So what, what are you doing here? It's, you know, close to dinner time, doing some last minute pickups for my own little dinner situation. Um, I know this is a weird thing, but I just, I totally spaced it. I was at the office today and I now have to cook dinner for six people in the next couple hours. I had no time to prepare. Okay. My kitchen is tiny. And um, so could you give me some guidance? Like, like tonight? Yeah. Okay, well, surprise. Um, I think that's great. I actually almost exclusively only believe in the last minute dinner party. So you're in luck. When all is said and done, you could very happily live your life off of shopping at a bodega. And I, I do often. My mother now lives in the burbs. Whenever she visits me, her head turns when she passes one of these places right here with like apples, mangoes, watermelon. She just can't believe that there's fruit and veg on the street available 24 hours. The idea that you can walk into this place and you can go in there and get a green juice. You can get string cheese if you need a snack. You can get a pack of chicken thighs. You can also get tofu and kimchi and like hot sauce and noodles and anchovies and pretty much anything that you would need to like make your life feel complete. All right, so you're giving me confidence. Okay, so any dietary restrictions to be aware of? Uh, I just don't. I think Brussels sprouts are overrated. No, not for you specifically, but thank oh. you for that food opinion. <laughs> I more met your guests. Uh, no, not no. People are pretty pretty much open. They're omnivores. My friends are not afraid of carbohydrates, which I'm proud of. Yeah. Because I'm older. Because of like a Gen X, like late millennials, like we're not as smart about food. They're like all my friends are hot young Europeans who love pasta. Like <laughs> they're all aging, soft, round people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. If I'm you, I'm going to do, like, a simple sort of lemony Mediterranean vibe pasta. Oh, I like with, that. Like, a few types of vegetables on the side. Well, let's, let's, let's do it. Can we talk about celery for a quick second? Because uh-huh. I, I feel like... One of my favorite, absolute favorite vegetables. In fact, let's make a celery salad for you. Okay, well, maybe we should because I, I feel like celery, the cel- big celery has tricked us into buying huge bunches of celery when I need, like, one stalk for my tuna fish. Well, if you're putting only one stalk in your tuna salad, you're doing it wrong. Because your tuna salad needs at least four stalks in that oh. for like a can. It should be like equal parts tuna. And four stuff. stalks per can? Yeah. I'm constantly looking for celery. I'm constantly buying it because I go through it too much. In fact, I think the bunches simply aren't large enough. All right. Well, let's go celery salad. So, okay. They've got dandelion greens, which is kind of nice and very Euro to me. They're very tart. I like that. They're bitter. But tart's probably close to bitter if there was a chart of flavor feelings. You know what? Let's agree to disagree. Okay, this is bitter. To bring it back real quick, New York, you think, oh, what a beautiful place. They have everything. Yeah. But sometimes because they have everything, you're sort of paralyzed by options. Right? Like, what direction do we go in? Yeah, tell me about it. Do we do, like, a a fresh tomatoey pasta? Do we do, like, a bitter green anchovy pasta? Do we do boiled potatoes with anchovies and a soft egg? Can we do bitter green anchovy pasta? My problem here is I uh, have an acidy stomach. Oh. And, and tomatoes just kill me. Oh, but pasta doesn't. Pasta doesn't. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting you a jar of Casa Patrona olives. Okay. For just for snacking. Are you you got them martinis? with bits. Are you making, we didn't talk about drinks. Okay. Um, I'm a martini guy, yeah. Should I make them? Yeah, I think you should. Unfortunately, what I learned over COVID, and this could be... I can't drink gin martinis anymore. Mm. And I, I used to say, like, a vodka martini was an oxymoron. Yeah, I too used to turn my nose up at vodka martinis, but in my old age. They're just like better for my gut yeah. and my next day. Yeah, I don't know. I, All right, I'm glad we have this talk. Okay. Can I, I can't use those olives though, can. can I? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a pit in there, but yeah. assuming you don't want to buy two types of olives. Maybe you do. You know what, let's just get let's Okay, get yeah, let's get them. Malcolm Gladwell's paying, so what else do we need? Um, did you want to serve a salad on the side? Are you going to convince me on this celery thing? 
How about we do celery and fennel together to cut a little bit of the celery? That looks like a lot of celery. Oh, that's great. It's the perfect amount of celery. Okay. Wait, what are they eating? She's just asking about impossible meat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't I can't eat it. The pea proteins. Oh, wow. You. I was like, do you have any dietary restrictions? You're like, nope. And then turns out over the course of the last 10 minutes, you're like, I can't eat anything. Here's the other thing. I'm a total hummus slut. Like, I don't make it. I eat any hummus. All these are fair game. Yeah, like, I'll eat any of that stuff. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight types of hummus here. That's incredible. This is why I live here. Now I'm being... New York. City of dreams. Yeah. Okay, we're looking at some cheese. We're going to get you Parmesan. Okay. This bodega also has one, two, three, four, five types of Parmesan. Not including the grated stuff, which I wouldn't buy. And then dessert. What's your dessert move? Sometimes I do get grapes. Sometimes I get a chocolate bar. Like a Toblerone for the table is kind of a baller move. Table Toblerone. I yeah. like that. Let's do it. Um, thank you. What a dream. Allison Roman just <laughs> went grocery shopping for me. Everything to do in the world. So I hope you get home safe. I feel like it's about to, the sky's about to open up. Wait, what? I didn't even look at my weather app today. New York summers. The rain comes in hot and fast. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. You're welcome. See you later. You've got to be kidding me. Let's see. All right. Weather app. Weather app. It doesn't even say rain. All right. I'm saying we need to wait it out. What's going on here? Hey. Hey there, can I just wait here while the rain clears? Sure, but they're going to be finishing soon. And, um, I had to go back to California to visit my parents because my aunt was visiting from Iran. I was like, oh my God, she's never been to the U.S. We absolutely have to take her to eat a taco, right? And my mom is like, oh, that is a good idea, but how is taste taco? And I was like, lady, what do you mean how is taste taco? You've been living here for fucking 30 years. You don't know how is taste taco? No, I don't know. And I was so mad, I was so mad. I was like, you fucking immigrants, come to this country. And you don't try Mexican food? You're just un-American. That is it for me, you guys. Absolutely incredible. You guys, put your hands together for the one and only Nagin Prasad. Hey, you were really great up there. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks. Pretty early for a comedy show, huh? Yeah, it's weird. They, they do it at all times these days. You're the first person I've seen hail a cab here in, in a couple years, frankly. Most people are on Uber. I, uh, I, I like to hail a cab. It's one of those things that you can do basically only in New York City. So I appreciate that. But it's pouring rain. I think it's going to be a minute before you get a cab. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So I'm guessing that being a comedian in NYC is not for the faint of heart. Like... I admire you for going up there. You must be very brave. There, it's like ultimately very self-serving. You know what I mean? If there's one thing I learned during the pandemic is that comedians are the least essential workers, you know? Well, I have a question. So New York audiences versus other audiences, uh, is there distinguishing traits? Are they different? You know, it's interesting because I, I remember Louis Black said to me once, um, another, you know, just amazing comedian. And he said to me after the show, you know, Nagin, um, you speak really fast. 
and you can't speak that fast in other parts of the country. When he said that to me, I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I, I, I think in some parts of the country I do like slow it down a little bit. I just slow it down because also in New York City, I think everything is just a little bit more fast paced, including just the pace at which people like literally speak. And yeah. that's just a, a cultural thing over here. Yeah. And also the other thing is, not to make this too cheesy here, but I met my husband here and my husband is an actor and he's black and um, I'm Iranian and Muslim and that makes our baby a Blaranian and it's the kind of, you know, this is the kind of family that could only happen in the United States and more specific. And, and Blu-rania. And, and Blu-rania. In Blu-rania. Um, and, and it's just like way more likely to happen in New York City. Yeah. And also, like, you know, we have this like this Russian neighbor who also speaks Farsi. I mean, what? You know, and so, so like, you know, a few times a week, like my daughter speaks Farsi with this Russian guy who may or may not be an alcoholic. That's a story for another time. But like, that's the weird kind of thing. She's just going to be exposed to that. It's like, it's not weird to her that like one of our neighbors is from Uzbekistan, but then the other one is from Turkey and then another one's from Mexico. Like, these are just very normal things for her. You also live in the United Nations, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is just I I feel like this little miracle of a family owes owes a debt to New York City. And speaking of miracles in New York City, I think this cab's open. I think that might be yours. Thanks uh, so much for chatting with me. Yeah, this was uh, unexpectedly a fun conversation. Hey, Brendan. Um, where are you? Are you still planning to cook tonight? People are starting to show up, and uh, I'm just feeding them wine and this hummus from the fridge, but let me know when you're going to arrive. All right. Well, at least the rain's clearing up. What are the odds of getting another cab, right? Uh, I think maybe I can get a city bike. I hope these groceries can fit on a city bike. Okay, one bike left. Oh shit. Hey, hey, excuse me. Uh, this is the last city bike. That's why I'm taking it. Yeah, but I really, um, I have a dinner party I have to be at. Uh, and I swear, I know that the city doesn't cut people uh, breaks. No, I, I got it. It's, I'm just going home. I'm going no, but I'm like a fellow home. human who's asking you to just cut me. I appreciate that, fellow human. Good luck walking. Wait a second. I, are you Dan Taberski? This or walking, and I'm not walking to Brooklyn. Well, you can at least check out my podcast, Not Lost. Yeah, great. I'll check it out. Got it. Bye. Oh. Here's a city bike van filled with bikes. Hey there. Did you see that guy take the last bike from me? Yes, I did, actually. Such a jerk. Are there any bikes nearby? Um, yeah. We have a couple of bikes at the station. We can check them out to see if they're rideable. It seems like... Whenever I really need a city bike, there's not a bike. Like, what, 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 is that just my misperception? Do I have the wrong time of day that I'm always hitting them? Um, that just means there's a lot of people using the bikes. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like New York in general, right? Okay, can I, like, pay you to get a bike from the back of your truck? Uh, no, absolutely not. I can't. <laughs> I need to get to Brooklyn. Are, are, you dry, are you riding there? Can I get a ride with you? Sure, why not? You would do that for me? Don't tell anyone, though. Don't tell anyone. I won't. Your boss will never know this happened. Believe me. Thank you so much. No problem. All right. 
So are your bike mechanics just like working full on all the time? Uh, depending on the season, yes. Right now we have, at our depots, we have 24-hour operations. Really? Fixing bikes? Fixing bikes. That's wild. Same thing with moving the bikes. We're a 24-hour op operation. Well, now I feel bad because I often, you know, I love city bike. I love the exercise. I'm, I'm a pretty much like a, like a 8 to 7 p.m. commuter. So I need a bike then in the morning and then at 7 and I feel like often, you know, the bikes are gone because so many people use them. And I feel like I need to have a different lifestyle in order to get more bikes. You know what I mean? Well, that's part of what we do, you know, uh, balancing the system based off of trends that can be challenging at times. But um, we definitely work on those. How often do you ride? I used to ride a lot more, but I work from home now a lot, so I ride less. See, look, there's a city bike driver. City bike driving, that's another thing. You gotta always watch out for the, the bicyclists. Because <laughs> they're crazy. They're people, people. They're just popping in and out, swerving in between the vehicles, so. I know. Gotta always make sure that you're on the alert. They can't kill the golden goose, though, because this is the thing delivering the bikes. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe city bike could do what you do to make extra money. They could make your actual delivery vans like this one you know, uh, Ubers or, or cabs. Um, something to think about, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just trying, I'm thinking this is, uh, this could be like the City Bike Deluxe service. It could be a special button on your app that you press if you really oh, need it. City Bike your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. City Bike Chauffeur. City Bike X. <laughs> I feel, thank you so much for giving me this ride. Okay, well, we got to do a better job at rebalancing the system. We'll have a bike for you next time. All right, th thank you very much. <sighs> what now? Hey, Brendan. Christy here. Have you decided where you're going to record your last episode? The clock is ticking. Yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> hey, Christy. Currently thinking either Reno or Atlanta. We'll confirm tomorrow. Seems like you guys got started without me. Oh, yeah, you're way behind. You better start cooking because I think we're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could use a drink, actually. The lead producer on this, the season finale of season one of Not Lost, was Bart, COVID Won't Stop Me Warshaw, who also sound designed and mixed the episode. Let her rip. So happy to be sharing this with you guys, actually. Cheers. Cheers. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you. Salty. Thanks for coming. Sorry I was late. The show was also produced and written by me, Brendan. I can't get COVID until I'm done with this show, Francis Noonan. Where were you? I was at the office. So how is your show going? I mean, I still haven't figured out where my last episode's going to be. You should just do New York. That's not a bad idea.
Our associate producer was Amy Gaines, with additional production assistance from Jacob Smith. Editorial guidance provided by Julia Barton. Some pasta, some mustard greens. I want to do like a bitter pasta thing. And then there's a fennel and celery salad. I know some people don't like celery, but... I um, love celery. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big celery fan myself. It's a staple in our house. Wow. I feel like there's not enough celery in a celery bunch. Mm. Not Lost is a co-production of Pushkin Industries, Topic Studios, and iHeartMedia. It was developed at Topic Studios. The show's executive producers are me, Christy Gressman, Maria Zuckerman, Lisa Langang, and Latal Malad. Our theme song was created by Alexis Georgopoulos, a.k.a. ARP. He's in our new album coming out on Mexican Summer called New Pleasures. Who doesn't want those? Check it out. But you could, or you Somehow could, you almond flour, though, really kills me. It gives me cold Not sores. Like, well, they give me cold sores, and walnuts act actively make my mouth itch. <laughs> oh, right. So he doesn't get. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. It's not like amplified. Like on a one to five. I'm I will one. stab you with my FU. I'm more interested. Damn. <laughs> crazy. Our artwork is by Topic Studios, and thanks to all the New Yorkers who I ran into last Saturday, including Tony Haddad from Clean Green Cleaners, Will from Three Way Entertainment. Emma Hendrickson, Malcolm Gladwell, Sadie Stein, look for her byline, Allison Roman, whose video series entitled Home Movies is worth your time and attention, even if she's a show for the Celery Industrial Complex. Also thanks to comedian Nagin Farsad and Shamika from City Bike. Promise not to tell your boss about the ride. And a special thank you to David Glover at Pushkin and Big Bus Tours. And to dinner partiers, Madeline Leon Coleman, Bernadette Napoleon, Robin Hendrickson, Amy Martin, and a little visiting puppy named Sequoia. And since this is our final episode of this season, I have more people than usual to thank. First, I'd like to re-thank Latal Malad, who not only executive produced the series, but greenlit it, a topic. Thank you for having faith in this idea. And producer, sound designer, Crystal Duhame, who helped build the pilot episode. And of course, my friend Danielle Henderson, her memoir, The Ugly Cry, is out in paperback now. You should really check it out. Also, the producer, Tali Abacasis, whose sense of humor and calm prevailed during some challenging circumstances. And to the great Jackson Musker, who helped me map out the itinerary for the first handful of episodes. He wrote the award-winning Audible original called The Sea in the Sky. It contains astronauts, humor, and pathos. And thank you to Hailu Mergia, whose song Wedi Harar Guzo, I think I'm pronouncing that right, has been our credit soundtrack. You're hearing it now. I first met Hailu at a concert years ago in Marfa, Texas. He is such a gentleman, and his music is fantastic. You can't go wrong. Check him out wherever you listen to music. Thanks to Jenny Bedusa, Ethan Light, Michelle Lanz, Alex Giga from Topic Studios, and a big special thanks to everyone at my home, Pushkin. So many people championed the show and helped it along the way. Mia LaBelle, Heather Fain, Carrie Brody, Carly Migliori, Edith Russolo, David Glover, Daniela Lacan, Christina Sullivan, Jason Gambrell, I'm saying all their names in a sing-songy way, but each one of them made a specific contribution. The great marketing team, Eric Sandler, Maggie Taylor, Morgan Ratner, Nicole Morano, Isabella Navarez, Jordan McMillan, Sean Carney, and Mary Beth Smith. Royston Beserve, Maya Koenig, Justine Lang, and a special, special thanks to John Snars, who helped bring the show over to Pushkin, and to our fearless leader, Jacob Weisberg, who was very supportive of this project. How could I have any more people to thank? I don't know, but I do. 
I need to give a special thanks to my colleagues at Pushkin Audiobooks who made the space for me to work on this project. Jasmine Faustino, Perry Colin, and Nick White, thank you. And last but not least, thanks to you for listening. This is not your average travel show, and I'm thrilled that it connected with so many listeners. Please keep spreading the word. Head to Apple Podcasts, rate, review it. I appreciate you. You can also send your audio postcards to notlost at pushkin.fm. We've received a couple already. They've been really touching. You can learn more about Topic Studios at topicstudios.com. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'll be back in a few months. I'm actually going to go on a real vacation. I'm not even going to bring my recording device. I may or may not crash a dinner party. Uh, but I'll be back in a few months with some chat versions of Not Lost. More about that later. Till then, the pleasure's been mine. Bon voyage. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, "This is this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything?" I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover: The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Wow.